welcome to this week's edition of The Blazing Grace Show with your host Rob McIntyre, Jason Graves, and Mike Janung. It's sponsored by AffordableConferencing.com. For teleconferencing service anywhere in the nation, call 888-968-6186 or visit them on the web at AffordableConferencing.com. That's AffordableConferencing.com. Easy, affordable conference calling. Thanks for listening. And now here's your hosts, Rob, Jason, and Mike. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Blazing Grace Show. This is Jason Graves along with my treasured co-host, Mike Janung. Hello, Mike. Hey, Jason. How's it going? Good. Good to see you. Good. I see you've got a, a Blazing Grace polo on. That's pretty schnazzy. Yeah, I'm in Blazing Grace mode here. Blazing Grace attire. Boy, <laughs> that sounds like it could be something. <laughs> I, maybe we'll see on the website here soon. Well, welcome to the show. We're excited to be back in the saddle with Carol, who, if you remember last week, talked about her experience as a wife of a sex addict. And this week, we're going to be talking about the effects on a family when you are dealing with a, a sex addict. So welcome back to the show, Carol. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. And just to summarize, you know, if you didn't tune in last week, and again, you can get an archived copy of all of our shows at www.blazinggrace.org. Uh, Carol uh, mentioned to us that she came from a, a normal Christian family. She, her husband, and her, and her daughter. They went to church every every week, taught Sunday school, read their Bibles together, prayed. Uh, their 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 daughter was involved in church. Everything seemed fine until one day their daughter started dipping into su- suicidal depression. And Carol began to sense that something was very wrong because, after all, people don't slip into depression without a reason. So she began to look for answers and discovered through a series of events, stumbling on her husband uh, while he was uh, looking at pornography, that he had a serious problem with sexual addiction. Tried to get help. He didn't want it. They eventually divorced. So today, along with that, the impact of divorce, we're going to talk a little bit about what exactly the impact and the effect is on your family um, last week we talked a little bit about your daughter, but I, I'd just like to hear um, w- what what all has happened besides the depression. Mm-hmm. Where is she at today and what has she gone through? Uh, she's in denial big mm. time. Um, she's a young woman now married with three children, um, and she just says her life is fine. How old was she at the time? Um, it, it really came to light when she was almost 17. Okay. She was six, a little over, almost 17. Mm-hmm. So in denial right now, mm-hmm. so having to protect herself mm-hmm. really from the reality at this point, mm-hmm. um, but you've gone through a divorce. Yes. So needless to say, with that, holidays are all mixed up. and, and you know, They are. Yeah. Very much. Right. Right. So what do you think, let's talk about your husband a little bit. What do you think the sex addiction did to his character? Oh, boy. What character? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Um, his character is, it's such a, a show. Mm-hmm. It's like he puts a, a face on, um, and, and he work he has to work so hard at that face. Right, right. When he goes to work, he has to work so hard. He works around, um, children. He has to work really hard at putting on the right kind of face. And when he, we, we haven't been married for a few years. He came home exhausted. Wow takes a lot of energy to mm-hmm. keep up that facade. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. 
you know, we talk about character and you say what character and that is very characteristic of sex addicts in general mm-hmm. is that they have a very impoverished character. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of, uh, of, of lackings. And so this is what part of the recovery process is really looking at the root issues that mm-hmm. led to this demise. So, um, Mike, did he, you had a did he express himself emotionally very well? Never. Hmm. M- emotionally, no. Well, uh, he was good at letting us know he was depressed. Mm-hmm. That he didn't feel like he didn't feel good. He didn't. He told me a lot. He didn't feel like a man. Mm-hmm. How did he deal with stress? Withdraw. Total withdraw. Um, he and he would act out. So he would withdraw physically, didn't spend much time with you. Mm-hmm. He would withdraw emotionally, he didn't go, open up. He would go in a private room in our house and watch pornography and masturbate. Mm. Wow. And drink. Mm-hmm. Did you know that when it was going on? I did start to put it together, yes. Mm-hmm. So he's got this habit of escaping from reality in many ways mm-hmm. through pornography and the fantasy world, mm-hmm. through medicating himself with the chemicals that come along with masturbation, the chemicals mm-hmm. in your brain, right. uh, natural chemicals, mm-hmm. and then uh, artificial chemicals like the uh, the externals like uh, alcohol. Right. All right, so he's medicating. He's got this deep pain. Mm-hmm. He's able to let people know indirectly and and unsuccessfully mm-hmm. about his anger through mm-hmm. the depression and kind of pouting, which yes. is one of the ways that people deal with anger in a faulty ways. They turn it inward. Yes. Okay, but he wasn't able to really express himself uh, wholly and fully. And I'm wondering how it also affected his role as a father. Oh, that was so sad. Somewhere inside, I know he loved our, he loves our daughter. Mm-hmm. I know he does. Um, but he just always feels so beaten down and so wasted and empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could He could constantly tell me how empty he felt. He just didn't feel empowered as a dad at all, as a role model at all. Um, I I propped him up a lot. Mm. I propped him up a lot. Oh, that must and that have been was tiring. hard. That was hard because you don't know what your role is as a Christian wife. Mm-hmm. You know, how much am I supposed to come under and around and support? And how much mm-hmm. am I supposed to just let him fall? How am I supposed to follow when nobody's leading? Oh, my gosh, yes. Mm. Oh, Yes. So I'm sure there was a temptation to fill that vacuum by being the leader yourself. I did mm-hmm. sometimes, mm-hmm. yes, and that was something God had to break me of. Mm. Wow. Oh. Did, did he express love to your daughter openly very often, either in word or hugging? Um, no. He he could spend time with her playing a game, um, watching a movie. He liked entertainment. Um, and, of course, when, enter- when he was sharing entertainment with our daughter it wasn't sexual Mm-mm. um but they could watch a fun movie together um he's a wonderful gifted musician they could play music together mm-hmm. how do you think this has affected her choices of men greatly affected her choices of men um I don't know my, she's married now. I don't know my son-in-law very well. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't spend a lot of time together. Uh, my daughter has seen me heal a lot and it terrifies her. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of distance between us because she's not, I, I, she's not ready to deal with how she's been damaged. And when she looks at me, I'm a picture of dealing with the damage and I'm a picture of dealing with the pain. Mm-hmm. She does not want to do that. 
Um, so anyway, I don't know um, my son-in-law very well. Um, at, or from what you saw in her early, early dating relationships. Oh, she chose all the wrong men. I mean, men that was just so obvious. All they wanted to do was use her mm-hmm. mm. sexually. She was young. She was beautiful. She has an outgoing, vivacious personality. Um, and, and she has a beautiful body. Um, so basically, yeah. you think it's fair to say to, to families out there whose daughters are making these wrong choices, being promiscuous, going to the par- parties, using their body and dressing in a way that kind of advertises, hey, look at me. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's fair to say that it's a good place to start to look at the, the relationship with the father? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, it really is. Great. Because, I mean, obviously your daughter wasn't getting the loving affirmation for who she really was. Mm-hmm. Sure, there was some limited contact and uh, bonding around things like TV, which I, by the way, never advocate in terms of a primary way of bonding with your children because it's passive. Yes. You're developing passivity in your relationship. Now, music, hey, great. That's great. You're being creative. Mm -hmm. All right. But it sounds like there wasn't enough of that even. Mm -hmm. So it's important, fathers, that you bond with your kids and you do it in a way that's active, that is a way that's um, according to their bent, the way your kids are made. Mm -hmm. You know, what do they like to do? How do they learn? Are they body smart? Are they people smart? Are they nature smart? Are Mm -hmm. they logic, word? Uh, all sorts of different types of intelligences. And we need to invest in our kids according to their way, because the Bible says, uh, raise a child, uh, and according to what's the verse, Mike, uh, the way way they were, yeah, the way they should go. And when they are older, they will not depart from it. Uh And that way is talking about that bent. Mm -hmm. But if you're drowning yourself in sexual sin, Mm -hmm. you're, you're blind to those things, aren't you, Carol? Yes. Yes. Hmm. That's so true. And it broke my heart to see, to see our daughter just turn to all the wrong kind of men. Now, how did the church help with dealing with the sexual sexual addiction or, uh, in, in your family? Did they uh, help the cause or did they, did they hurt the cause by and large? I think both. Hmm. I mean, there were definitely people who did help. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time my ex's sex addiction really all came to light, Our daughter was, um, at this point, she was 17, and she had learned how to stuff, um, stuff reality really well because she grew up around that. Um, And she had learned how to put a good face on. And so people at church thought that she was a good Christian girl, Mm -hmm. and they didn't know what she was doing in in secret. She was playing the part. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. Mm -hmm. Those are the words. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and I can remember calling the church and talking to her youth pastor and saying, what you see in church on Sunday is not how she's living. Mm-hmm. And he did not want to deal with it. Right. And he, by the way, was later on fired by the church mm-hmm. <laughs> for being a very ineffective leader. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go again. That's why the church is the front lines. That's why people go to the church because it, it's in their mind a safe place. But yet the mm-hmm. leaders oftentimes are very underprepared. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I meet with pastors. That's a good word, underprepared. Right. Mm-hmm. And pastors, do you need to get the information? Call us. We'll do a seminar in your church. We'll do a seminar for your group of pastors. Mm-hmm. The important thing is that you learn how to deal with this from people who are specialists. And Mike and I, you know, we see you see this kind of stuff all the time, Mike. I mean, people are coming to your website. Mm-hmm. They're um, coming to your, your, your strength and numbers groups. And so you probably have a couple of good things to say to pastors, wouldn't you, Mike? Well, what you said last week, Carol, about the advice you got 
about um, you need, if you're fulfilling your husband's needs sexually, then it would make it all go away. Mm. And this isn't a problem about sex. This is mm. a problem about lust and about an empty heart. Right. And we have to go, we have to go for the heart in the church and we have to be bold and prepared to touch people where they are in the gutter, where they're hurting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And cry with them, weep with those who weep. Yes. And mourn with those who mourn. Absolutely. And if you're just tuning in, welcome to the Blazing Grace show here on 100.7 KGFT, where we're talking with Carol today, who is a, mm-hmm. a former wife of a sex addict. We're talking about the impact on the family mm-hmm. uh, uh, due to sex addiction. And so, the point, one of the strongest points here is that wives are not to blame for the problem, mm-hmm. they may have their part in the big scope of things, but not to blame for the problem. Mm-hmm. So that's where we have to, uh, number one, look at as empowering women that mm-hmm. while you may need a part, you may need to look at a part in this whole thing. You're not to allow yourself to be blamed for this, mm-hmm. right? If you had mm-hmm. to do this all over again with the pastors telling you that, Hey, you know, if you would just, you know, be there available sexually, and, and certainly it's important to be there for each other. The Bible says, don't deny one, one another sexually unless under uh, two certain conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you had to go through that experience again, where they were blaming you, I'm just wondering what you would say to a pastor like that, because there's pastors out there that need to hear from a person who's been through this process and is now on the other side and has the experience and the perspective. What would you say? Well, actually I did say something. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Let's hear what you did say. I was actually thrown out of one church. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, in the very beginning, I would say before it really all came to light, I just sort of took it, you know, and mm-hmm. thought, well, he's the pastor. He knows, you know. But um, but after we separated, I separated. I took my daughter out of the home and we separated from my ex. Mm-hmm. Um, and we and I started to really get help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized the freedom in being real. Yeah, that's what I did. Um, and I can remember one night my... Um, X went to a church service, a Saturday night church service, and he was going to be anointed with oil and prayed over for his healing. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just looked at him and I said, "How can you do this? You're." I didn't see the brokenness in him. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that he felt sad and sorry that that he kept doing this mm-hmm. with prostitutes and porn and masturbation, but I didn't see the brokenness. And so um, he said, well, you know, the Bible says in James to be anointed with oil and have the elders pray over you. Mm-hmm. And and I called I called a couple of friends. I said, I want you. This is what's happening. I'm going to follow him to church tonight and I'm going to go up to that pastor before he anoints him with oil and tell him the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's what I did. We sat through the service. We we sang and we worshiped. And 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 at the end, we had a little Probably there were some elders in the pastor, and we were all sitting together. and And I just looked at the pastor, and I just said, "Before you do this, I want you to hear from me. I'm this man's wife, and next to God, I am the person who has been most next to God and this and and Joe. I am the person who has been most hurt by what has happened." Mm-hmm. And I looked the pastor right in the eye, and I said, "Joe is not." broken mm-hmm. please do not do this right i was about six inches out away from his face mm-hmm. <laughs> wow and he said to me ma'am 
it's so obvious that you have all, you know, you have obviously been so broken and so hurt by this. We'll pray for you too. Wow. Wow. And they went ahead and anointed him with oil. And, you know, I just, <sighs> I was a raving lunatic that night. I was. I even said the word D-A-M-N mm-hmm. in the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. I was a raving lunatic. Mm-hmm. And I think because I looked like a raving lunatic, they thought, right, right. well, she's a, you know, yeah. look at the problem with her. Sure, sure. And they didn't take me seriously. Right. Well, that's good insight and that's good perspective. And it is important to go with gentleness and respect and to get some help. I mean, I think that if you were meeting with other women, and by the way, we have partners groups for partners of sex addicts at our center at 5080 Mark Dabbling. You can call for more information at 278-3708. We have meetings on just about every day of the week. If you would have had an experience with a partners group like that, Carol, Mm -hmm. And if you would have had maybe even a counselor to help you and empower you, mm-hmm. your reaction to the pastor may have looked very different. Yeah, I yeah, I was a little nuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, and I know I stepped out of line. Right. But had you ever even heard this issue addressed uh, mm-hmm. in the open at your church? No. Right. No. <laughs> right. And that's why, you know, I'm not married to um, Joe anymore, but I listen to your radio broadcast and just praise God because mm-hmm. I love hearing men be God's man and speak the truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love hearing it. And it reminds yeah. me to pray. Right, right. What effect did the church not talking about this issue have on you? It made it so much easier to hide it and deny mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like you were a one-of-a-kind freak? Yes. That Very nobody else so. can relate or understand what I'm going through? Absolutely. In fact, when I met you, Mike, and I realized who you were and I met your wife, I thought, oh, my gosh, they go through this, too? (laughs) Wow. You're such normal-looking Christians. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's happening. Not too many people are Mm -hmm. talking about it. And and to be fair, there are churches out there like New Life, the Mm -hmm. Cowboy Church, uh, Mm -hmm. Academy Christian, who are partnering with us. To get the message out. So that's really exciting. But by and large, the church uh, doesn't talk about it as much as it needs to. And they don't have the training on how to deal with it. That's true. So that's what we need to really look at. But, you know, um, you you know, when you look at um, the attention uh, that that this issue and this subject of pornography and sex addiction and how it's often addressed to the men, um, do you ever feel like wives are just plain left out? Yes. Thanks for reminding me. Heavens, yes. In fact, um, when we started to, when I started to heal seven or eight years ago, mm-hmm. there was a confidential Bible study, women's Bible study for the wives of men with sexual addictions. And I was the only woman who came. Wow. A, a number of women called, but they didn't even have the courage to come to the first meeting. Wow. Well, and we took a survey at that church, and 61% of the men had confessed looking at porn within the past year. So mm-hmm. we know there's probably a lot more wives than uh, than yeah. you that needed to be there. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, and you know what What I see a lot, and I'd like to hear your advice to women out there mm-hmm. who maybe they've had a similar experience to you where they have found out that their husbands are involved with pornography, masturbation, uh, um, illicit affairs. Mm-hmm. Um what I see happening a lot of times is the guy gets involved in recovery. Mm-hmm. He gets all the attention, all the resources, 
And yet the woman who was who was in the car crash with him, so mm-hmm. to speak, right. and sustained injuries of her own, although she wasn't driving, she gets left out and ignored. Mm-hmm. And she needs to go through her own recovery process. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, what advice would you have for women who are just at the point where they're just, just discovered this or they're suspect of this? Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? Courage to come forward. It takes a lot of courage to come forward. I mean, I just listen. I'm listen. I'm in a room with these two men and listening to them talk about this so plain and openly. And I look at you two guys, and I forget that you struggle with lust. Mm-hmm. I know you do because I pray for you. Yeah, we need it. <laughs> and I pray for your wives too. But um, you know, I just look at these two guys, and I see God's courage at work in you. And yeah, it takes courage for us right. to come forward. So be courageous. And be what courageous. about what steps can they take? Um, I'm, you know, I'm not real good with steps. Okay, that's fine. But big picture stuff is just yeah. be courageous. What else in the big scheme of things is Get necessary? Get help for yourself, yeah. Well, on the subject of being courageous, I mean, part of that is is forcing your husband to say, look, you got to choose between me or porn. You can't have both. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not going to let you treat me like a piece of trash here. Mm-hmm. Right. And that can be fearful for a woman because what happens if her husband doesn't choose? Right. That's right. That means he's made a choice for reminding that me. is not the wife. Right. I think that's absolutely true. And mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. And it's so easy to let that slide because you don't want to watch your marriage be destroyed. Mm-hmm. You don't want to watch your home blow up. It's scary. But it's it not a reason to not be active. It's not a mm-hmm. reason to be passive. Mm-hmm. The Bible is clear. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. And we need to take responsibility, whether we're male or female, about this problem. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that all come back to making God first instead of the husband? Yes. Because I remember when I got married and my wife found out about my sex addiction, she told me that she had me up on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. But when she found out the whole bloody truth, that pedestal was destroyed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what happens is, you know, if they're making the husband their God, then Mm -hmm. they're forced to look at God. You know, God is my God, and he said he's going to take care of me and take me through all this stuff. Right. That's right. And listen, men, you can rationalize it any way you want. If you're saying, well, I'm just involved with pornography. Listen, I told myself that lie as well until my my wife one day said, listen, the Bible says if you commit adultery in your heart, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. So to hear my wife say I was an adulterer, boy, that got me on the stick. And I've been clean ever since. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is the, the word infidelity, which whether it's with a person or with an image, the word infidelity is coming from the root word infidel. Mm-hmm. An infidel is somebody who is in your camp, but who is against your side of the, your, against your team. All right. So in the army of God, mm-hmm. if you're being an infidel, that is something that you as a wife need to protect your family from, whether mm-hmm. it's your husband or one of your kids. Okay. Yes. You're ultimately responsible, wives, for the, res- uh, the, uh, the uh, protection of your family. Mm-hmm. for the your own self-respect and setting boundaries. And so that's why it's important to take those steps if he's not willing to do it. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of protection, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's actually what I saw. That's really what the Lord brought me right. through. It's great to hear you guys verbalize this because I could say this, but I really think that God wanted it to come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and if there are women listening, it's so empowering to hear men um, speak speak to our hearts and remind us of what it means to be women and 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 godly wives. Right. So, so what, thanks. What, what would you say to a woman who comes to you and says, "I just found out my husband has porn addiction problem." 
I would probably look at each one as an individual, Mm -hmm. you know, and see what that woman um, needs. Because I'm a real moment-by-moment person. Um, And if she needed to, I mean, I think each woman is different. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what I'm really good at. I'm really good at putting my arms around her and weeping with her. Mm. Um, Yeah. Bible's clear. It says, cry, weep with those who weep. Yeah, yeah. We need yeah. to empathize. And, and and then I would help her open her mouth mm-hmm. and, and keep her mouth open and get help for herself and her family. That's good. Well, I just wanted to say, as we wrap up here, Carol, again, thanks for being with us. But more importantly, on behalf of uh, your husband, on behalf of all those men out there, to you wives out there who's who who have made wrong sexual choices like Mike and I, I just want to ask for your forgiveness. And I want to just say to you that, you know, we were wrong for making these choices. Uh, this is not the way that God intended us for us to live our lives. We did not cherish you. We did not honor you with those choices. So to you, to my own wife, to the rest of the wives out there who've had to go, go through this, I just want to ask for your forgiveness and, uh, and hope that that will um, lend to, to healing for you. And I second that. Amen. So thanks again for being with us, Carol. You're welcome. And again, if you'd like to uh, get an archived copy of this show, you can go to blazinggrace.org and click on the radio show page. Uh, if you need some help, and you can call our, our counseling hotline at 590-7685. Uh, but we've also got groups for women, and you can get more information about that by calling the Heart to Heart Counseling Center at 278-3708. So for Mike Janung, this is Jason Graves saying have a great week. Here's a reminder from our friends at AffordableConferencing.com. Counselors, business owners, nonprofits, and trainers, do you need unlimited flat rate conference calling? Then call our good friend Tom Parker at Affordable Conferencing, where his teleconferencing service allows you to conduct unlimited calls for one flat monthly fee. That means no more per minute, per person charges. Go to AffordableConferencing.com or simply call toll-free 888-968-6186. Jason and Rob know he saved them thousands of dollars. That's Tom Parker at Affordable Conferencing, 888-968-6186. And remember, if you'd like a downloadable copy of today's broadcast, visit BlazingGrace.org. That's B-L-A-Z-I-N-G-G-R-A-C-E dot O-R-G. And if you need to speak to a therapist, you can call Rob McIntyre at 593-1163 or Jason Graves at 590-7685. Thanks for tuning in to Blazing Grace. We'll be back again next week. Be sure to tune in at 11 o'clock right here on 100.7 KGFT.